Perik Bet of Sifania. Sifania Perik Bet is not exactly the same as Perik Aleph. Perik Aleph was essentially a blanket description of destruction, of the end of days, of everything being destroyed, and no distinctions are made between individual nations, between Jews and not Jews. However, Perik Bet is very different. Perik Bet starts off with a call to the Jewish nation to do tshuva for the first few Pesukim, and then turns to various other nations and talks about their impending destruction. The nations that it turns to are first the Pelishtim, then Ammon and Moab, and then the Kushim, and finally Nineveh. While Pitak Aleph serves to show the universality of the destruction that will happen, Pitak Bet shows the distinction between B'nai Israel and the rest of the world. The rest of the world are getting destroyed, but here the Navi turns to B'nai Israel and says, don't be like them. You still have a chance you have something you could hold on to, don't lose it. As we know, of course, tragically, the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, and ultimately, everything that the hope was there for was not realized. Pasuk Aleph Search out yourselves and search the nation that is not desired. We translated this Pasuk according to the Dach. And essentially what the Pasuk means is first search out yourself, search out what you did wrong, search out where you went wrong from the path that God has laid out for you, and then continue to do so in your friends, find out what your friends are doing wrong, rebuke your friends as a sign of true love and get them as well to return to the path of God. It calls the nation Hagoylon Ichsaf, the nation that is not desires, the nation that no one wants anything to do with because of your low stature at the moment, in which you're not worshiping Hashem, you're not following the path of Hashem, you're a lowly nation. That follows the Purush of Iman Ezra. Other interpretations are given to what this desire is. Some interpret Hagoylon Chsaf, the nation that does not desire. They don't desire to return in the ways of Hashem. Either way, the message of this Pasuk is clear. Get your act together, because right now you're not in a place where you need to be. And we'll see as it continues in Pasuk Bet, before the, it's too late, fix yourselves. Pasuk bet. Betelem ledet hok kemotz avar yom. Betelem lo yavo alechem haron af adunai. Betelem lo yavo alechem yom af adunai. Before the decree is born, like a chaff, the day passes over. Before the fierce anger of Hashem should come upon you, before the day of the anger of Hashem should come upon you. This Pasuk has one goal in mind, which is to say, you must do this fast. And the Pasuk uses three similar terms to express that. But Tatum led it halt before the decree has come, before the anger of Hashem comes, and then further elaborates the day of Hashem's anger. What this Pasuk seems to be doing is telling us that it's happening very quickly, as the Pasuk says, like chaff being blown by the wind during a day. And what chaff is, is the separated parts of wheat and other grains when you thresh them. And essentially it's a very light shell. It thus moves very quickly in the wind. And just like that chaff flies over in an instant, so too the time is flying by and really you must seize the day or else you too will fall along with the rest of the nations that we're going to see at the end of this pedic. Pasuk Gimel Bakashuat Adunai Kolan Veha Adich Hashem Shpatov Alu Bakashut Sedik Bakashu Anava Ulaiti Satiru Biyamafa Dunai. Seek out Hashem 
all the humble people of the earth that followed his laws. Seek out righteousness, seek out humility. Perhaps you will be spared on the day of Hashem's anger. Here the Nadi turns not to the rest of the Benetia who aren't doing well. He's turning to the Siddiquim and telling them, You guys as well, you continue to seek out Hashem, continue to seek out righteousness, continue to try to be the best you can, and then maybe perhaps you'll be saved. This just shows you, goes to show you how deeply entrenched this day of punishment will be. It's everyone. No one will be spared from it. Even the Siddiquim, they get a maybe you'll be saved if you continue to seek out Hashem with all your best abilities. Of course, the obvious question arises. We just said, Before the evilness comes, gather your act together. And seemingly it says that the whole B'nai Israel can be saved if they do and go and do tshuva. However, if we look at Sukim Aleph and Met, nowhere does it say they'll be saved. It says, Try to gather your act together. Try to search out your sins before the day of Hashem comes. Does the Pasuk imply in any way that that will lead to your salvation? No, it does not. Perhaps then we could say that really, B'nai Israel's decree is already sealed, as Chazal explained. There's nothing they can do about the fact that their land is corrupt, that their kings have been corrupt for many years, and that the Beit HaMikdash now needs to get destroyed. It can't exist any longer. However, that doesn't stop the Navi from asking the people to do tshuva. Tshuva and closeness to Hashem, of course, is always important regardless of the external circumstances that there might be at the time. Yes, maybe the Siddiquim can be saved if they continue to search out Hashem. The rest of the people, you're not being saved. That's not the point right now of this pitic bed of Sefer Tzifania. The point is not to stop the people and stop the impending destruction. That's happening. Sefer Tzifania is clear on that. However, what isn't clear is how you will go down. Will you go down with a connection to Hashem? And as we know, when you return and build a second Beit HaMikdash, will you renew your relationship with God? Or will you fail to do so? So while there's still time, while you're still in your lane, while you still have the Beit HaMikdash, take this time and return to Hashem before it's too late. We now turn to various nations and show how they will be destroyed. As we'll see in the very next Pasuk, Pasuk Dalin, it seems to be that the Nadi is indicating these nations being destroyed, not for the sake of telling these nations they'll be destroyed, this Nebuah is to B'nai Israel. Rather, he's telling them to impress upon them the power of the destruction, the nature of the state of the events that will happen in the coming years. Pasuk Dalit, Ki Aza Azubatihiyeh, Ashkelon Nishmama, Ashdod Vatsaharain Garashuha, the Akron Ta'aked. For Aza will be abandoned, and Ashkelon will be to desolation. Ashdod will be driven out at noon, and Akron will be uprooted. Here the Navi names four of the cities of Pilishtim, four of their five major cities. The fifth major city, Gath, perhaps was in the hands of the kings of Yehuda at that time and therefore was not mentioned in one of the cities of the Pilishtim. If you notice here, there's definitely a play of words here, Aza, Azuva, and Ekron, Ta'aked, using that literary device in order to express perhaps the greatness of the downfall of these cities. Pasuke. Here 
Woe to the inhabitants of the coast of the sea, the nation of Kiritim. The word of God is upon you, Naan, the land of the Pilishtim, and I will destroy you to be without an inhabitant. Here the Pasuk continues talking against the Pilishtim, and we call them Goy Kiritim, an alternative name, or perhaps a particular clan of the Pilishtim who lived on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. And Devar Adonai Yerechem, the word of God is against you. Once again, this thing, there's nothing you could do. The word of God is already against you. You will be destroyed. They're called Canaan here, perhaps to reference the Canaanite nations that Yehoshua utterly destroyed when going into Eretz Israel. The same type of destruction will befall these Pilishtim. Hasuk Vav. And the coast of the sea will be to dwelling places and pits for the shepherds and pens for the sheep. To all this inhabited land, there used to be great cities. Shepherds will go there. It will be empty land. They'll be able to make huts. They'll be able to dig wells for their, for their sheep. And the sheep will be able to live there because there won't be any inhabitants. Pazuk and there will be a portion for the remnants of the house of Yehuda. Upon them they will graze. In the houses of Ashkelon at the evening they will lie down. For Hashem their God will remember them and He will return their captivity. In the midst of the Navi of destruction... In Sifonia Perik Bet, when we're talking about how everyone will be destroyed, Yehuda will not be saved from the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash. There's nothing he can do from it. Even then, the Navi sees fit to put here a pasuk of hope, saying that ultimately, who will have this land? B'nai Israel, the land of Palestine that is getting destroyed now. And now is owned by the sheep, by the shepherds who are flocking there because it's destroyed. Eventually, that will return to the children of Yehuda when they return and build the second Beit HaMikdash in the future. Thus, even in this prophecy of destruction, we still have a glimmer of hope. It's fascinating to note the Navi here refers to the dwelling of the children of Israel in the places of the Pilishtim as grazing, perhaps contrasting to Pasuk Vav, where immediately what will happen, it will be grazed by sheep, but eventually who will it be grazed by? by the children of Israel as they take over their rightful land. Navi now turns to Ammon and Moab. Pasuk Chet. Shamati harpat Moab v'gidufei b'nei Ammon asher chirefu et ami v'yagdilu al gevulam. I have heard the taunts of Moab and the revilings of the children of Ammon that taught my nation and they grew large on their borders. The Navi doesn't tell us what exactly he's referring to when it talks about the taunts of the children of Bnei Ammon and Bnei Moab. Perhaps it's referring to the Galut of the ten tribes as they pass through the nations of Ammon and Moab. Perhaps it's talking about the general warfare that Ammon and Moab used to wage against the children of Israel. We know they were enemies for many years. And the Pesuk tells us they're being punished for not their actions necessarily, but the way they reacted to Bnei Israel's downfall, their happiness, so to say, at taunting B'nai Israel, the fact that they were going into exile. The Yagdil al-Gvulam, we translated and grew large on their borders, purposely translated ambiguously. There are several interpretations to what grew large can mean. Either grew large in haughtiness and thought, we are better than B'nai Israel. Others, like the Dak interpret, their mouths grew large 
as they made fun of, laughed, and filled their mouth with mocking of Bnei Israel. Finally, the others interpret, they grew large, they actually extended their borders and attacked Bnei Israel and took some of their land for their own. Pasuk Tet. Lachen hayani noom adunai tsevot elohei Israel ki moav ki stom tehieh ubnei amon ka'amora mimshak charul umichre melach ushmama adolam sheherit ani yivazum v'yeter goyi yinhalum. Therefore, as I live, the word of Hashem, master of legions, the God of Israel, for Moab will be like stone, and the children of Ammon like Amora, entrenched thorns and salt picked and desolation till eternity. The remnant of my nation will loot them, and the remainder of my nation will inherit them. This Pasu continues and says, not only will they be destroyed, they will be forever destroyed. It will be done with desolation until the end of days. Much like we saw with the Pelishtim, once again we have a Pasuk of Nehemiah, even as Bnei Israel are being told they're going to get destroyed, as we saw in Pedic Aleph, that at the end they'll come back and inherit the land of Ammon and Moab, and again as happened during the time of the second Beit HaMikdash. It's interesting to note we bring up Stom and Amorah, with the nations of Ammon and Moab who are descended from Lot. Lot is the one who was originally saved from the city of Stom. Now there won't be any saving for the children of Lot. They will go down like the city of Stom and Amorah. They won't be saved like Lot was. Pasuk Yud. Zot lehem tachad geonam ki hayrefu vayegdilu al am adunai tzivaot. This will be to them because of their haughtiness. For they taunted and grew large over the nation of God, the King of Legions. This pasuk stresses the fact that everything bad that's going to happen to them, their destruction, happens only for one reason. Because they knocked the nation, nation of Hashem, B'nai Israel. Again, we saw pretty much the same Lashonot, the same phrases used in pasuk that we see in this pasuk. So for Vayegdilu and what exactly their taunts were, we discussed in pasuk Chet. God will be terrible upon them, for he has famished all the gods of the earth. And they will prostrate to him each man from his place, from among all the lands of the nations. This pasuk finishes off the nevuah towards Ammon and Moab and says, at that time, God will be terrible upon them. They'll see the power that God is capable of and the destruction he'll bring on them. And at that time, he will be terrible for when that happens, he will have destroyed all the gods of the earth and everyone will come to bow down all the nations of the earth from every land. Here, land is literally Yim Isles. Isles of the earth is taken many times in Tanakh to mean all the lands of the earth. It seems to be perhaps that this Pasuk is different than Pasuk Tet, in which Pasuk Tet can be understood as happening in the time of the Navi, or at least in the near future, while this Pasuk, where everyone bowing down to earth, seems to indicate a complete subjugation of these nations to God, and perhaps indicating that this is referring to a further time in the future, perhaps a messianic date. Pasuk Yudbet. Gam atem koshim You too, koshim. They are slain by my sword. 
This pasuk is a little confusing. It starts off in second person. We're talking to the kushim, you two kushim, and then ends up in third person, But that comments is this is common in many areas in Tanakh. It is the style of the Navi to sometimes switch from third to second person. This pasuk talking about the kushim is the only, it's a singular pasuk on the kushim. The next pasuk continues with the Ashur. The kushim are a nation south of Egypt. Perhaps at that time, they may have been involved in Egyptian politics. It's tough to say for certain exactly what the political situation would have been at the time. But obviously, they were definitely an enemy of Israel and one that would cause a problem for the Jewish nation. Pasuk Yud Gimel. V'yet yado al-tzafon v'yaved et ashur v'yasemet ninvei l'shmama tziyak hamidbar. And he will stretch out his hand over the north and he will destroy Ashur. And he will place Nineveh to desolation, dry like the desert. The Navi saves Ashur for last. For those of us who have been with us from the home, we know that Ashur was the prime enemy, was the prime empire at the time. This is a similar time frame of Nahum, perhaps a little bit later. But still, while Ashur was on their downfall, but still majorly the world's greatest power. And here it says, you too assured will fall along with the rest of the nations. And hers will rest in it, all the animals of the nations. Also an owl, also a bittern, on its bulbs they will rest. Their voice will be sung in the window. Desolation will be in the doorposts, for the cedar will be bare. This pasuk begins talking about all the animals will be found within it. All types of animals will be grazing. It will be completely destroyed. We've seen this being used many times. It continues to name two animals, Ka'at and Kipod. Both seem to be night birds. The bittern is a fit from the family of the heron. Ka'at, we translate it as owl. It's interesting to note, it may be that the Navi chose these because of the alliteration, both beginning with Kuf. Either way, they seem to be night birds, birds that wouldn't normally be singing around in the middle of a city at night. And they will be resting on bulbs. Unclear what exactly these bulbs are as well. Perhaps they're on doorposts, perhaps they refer to on roofs. But something that normally would be used by humans, now it's not being used because of the destruction of the city. And birds are going to be rested there. Instead of the sounds of a bustling city, you'll hear the sounds of birds. There will be destruction on the doorpost through every door. You will be scared to open your door because of what will come from the other side. The cedar work that the Assyrians used to wall their city, they used it as pillars, they used it as coverings, panels perhaps, has faded away, indicating that the very foundation of the city, the very woodwork, perhaps the most basic structural completion in the city will all be wary, will all fade away as the city gets destroyed. This is the joyous city that sits in safety that says in her heart, I and nothing else. How have you become to desolation, a resting place for the beast? All who pass over you will whistle, 
they will wave their hands. The Pedic finishes off, and we've seen many similar terms used about the city of Nineveh in Sefer Nahum, saying, you were so confident in yourself, and now you've been brought down to nothing. You used to say, I was the only thing that matters. Now, you're not even there anymore to say that. This is the end of the Navid Sefanya turning to particular nations and describing how they will be destroyed. In Pedic Gimel, really, we turn to Israel, and he begins once again to speak regarding the children of Israel.